0: Welcome to Casting Rocks. My name is Scapy White. I am the host of the show, and I am the best friend in the entire universe, if you didn't know. If you do know, then good. Good on you. If you didn't know, well, now I'm telling you. <laughs> I have three wonderful, wonderful co-hosts that I would like to introduce. First of all, there is a robot who is made to look like my dad. His name is Jordan Robot. Okay. Hello, Jordan Robot.
1: Hello, Scapey. It is very good to be on your show today. It's
0: very good to have you on the show. I, Frankly, Jordan Robot, you have been my best friend for a little while now, and I think it's really awesome.
1: (laughs) It is really awesome. Thank you for having me as your best friend.
0: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, In addition, I also have some other guests, uh, hosts, I should say, co-hosts. Mr. Frank Allen, the very agreeable gentleman, Frank Allen.
2: Hello, Scapey. Yes, I am very
1: agreeable. My name is Frank Allen. I am not a robot. I am a human being. Yes, why,
0: why would you even? No, of course. Of course, he's a human being. I didn't say there's a robot. I said there is a human being. I didn't say human being, but he is a human being. I am a human no, being. No, no, I mean, that's, that's why. I don't. Nobody would even. Why did you even mention that, Frank Aaron? We're very serious. I am very
2: serious.
1: No, yeah, you are.
0: Because, like I said, nobody would even think that you're a robot if you didn't say I, I am not a robot. But obviously, you're not a robot. It's,
2: it's obvious. It is obvious I am not a robot. I am a human being. You
0: are, that's, yes, so, okay. And, uh, lastly, I do have also, also a human being, also my co-host, Mr.
1: Roy Sinjin. Hello, scapey, my name is Roy Sinjin. It is good to be here. It
0: is, it's very good to have you. Thank you for being here.
1: You're very welcome.
0: So, uh, robots, uh, do you think it is really that... This is a really good podcast because I am on it. Because I think that me being the host makes it the best podcast in the world.
1: I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree.
0: We all agree. Oh, I, I gotta say, sometimes in the past, guys, uh, we, we, we've argued. But I'm glad that now we all get it wrong. Isn't it better that way? Yes, it's much, much better. better. Yes, it is. You're right. You're right. Um, So, I guess there's really no point in, you know, wasting time. Where we were used to argue, um, we could just get right to it. Which means the first song of the show is called, How Good Is Skabia? How Good Is Yeah, Frank Irwin and Rory are gonna tell me right now, now, now. Yes, that's right, it is time for How Good Is Scapey, the first section of our show, in which Rory Singin' and Frank Owen will tell us how good I am and compete for saying how good I am. So. Let's start this off with Frank and Go.
1: Scapy is so good that if one were to rank the goodness of all things, Scapy would be the number one thing. Yeah,
0: that's uh, that gets right to the heart of it, right? That's that's right, directly there. Okay, what do you have. What do you think?
1: Scapey is so good that if one were to write down a list of all the bad things in the world. One would never write down Scapey's name.
0: Yeah, okay, that's-
1: that is also true. Um, but I think
0: that just says that I'm not bad, which is- uh, not bad is true, but come on. I'm also good So, Frank Allen wins that one. <laughs>
3: Hurrah. Where
1: is me?
0: No, it's okay, because you could- in round two, you could catch up.
1: I shall endeavor to do so, not if I can help it.
0: No, no, it's okay. Don't get all worked up. Okay, um, so Frank Allen, round two. Go ahead.
1: Scapey is so good. That if one were to make a list of all good things and rank them by order of goodness, the one that would come out victorious would be Scapy.
0: Well, no, for, I mean, yes, Frank oh, but that's the same thing you said last time.
1: I used a different wording.
0: Yes, you did, but I mean, a century. I mean, come on, a century. It was the same thing. Let's all admit it. I admit it. Well, yeah, but. Uh, okay, so, Frank oh, yes, but let's see if Rory could do a better
1: one. Scapy is so good that it becomes difficult to describe how good he is, since there is nothing else approaching the amount of goodness that he has, and therefore it is difficult to find a frame of reference.
0: Oh, that is, that was, like I say, that was kind of complicated, but when it all comes down, yes... Gloriously true. So Rory, you win this one.
1: <laughs> I am victorious. You are not.
0: No, you're actually you're not, because now that's that's a tie, okay? You a one and one, okay? So, uh time for tiebreaker. And here's how we do tiebreaker now, okay? Um everybody think of a number in your head that represents how good Scapy is, okay? And uh again we'll see which one wins, okay? Frank, what number
1: I was thinking of the number one. Because Scapy is number one.
0: Okay, now yeah, that's that's a good assessment. But but let's see what Roy said. Roy, what number were
1: you thinking? I was thinking of the number one million. Because one million is the number of how awesome Scapy is.
0: Oh <laughs> well, uh I gotta say everybody, Roy's gotta take it. Ho <laughs> The
1: ultimate victory does go to me. Hurrah. But I ranked Scapy number one. How could I have lost?
0: Well, because Frank uh one million is more than one. <laughs> so he put more awesomeness
1: than you did, so. I changed my number to one million and one. No,
0: it's too late. Right. It's too late. Right. One million is very, very awesome and therefore, Roy Singen, you are the victor of telling me how good I am. Hooray!
1: Hooray. Ooh.
0: No, no, don't denigrate his victory. He he earned it, friend He earned it.
1: That is true. I respect you, Mr. Sinjin. I accept your respect and deliver it back to you in kind.
0: See how much better it is when we all get wrong? Okay. Uh, dirty robot. How are you... Sorry you didn't get to participate. Maybe I should let you go next time.
1: That is all right. I find it enjoyable just hearing everyone talk about how good Scapey is without trying to top them. The knowledge that Scapey is being praised is certainly enough for
3: me.
0: Well, yes, it is enough for me too, but... I also that's to judge. So, let's go on to the next part of the show, which is, uh oh, yes. If you've been listening for, for a little while, you know about Guard Duty. Guard Duty is a show with superheroes. They've been saying, oh, we need some new superheroes, and they've been interviewing superheroes. Well, okay, now they're going to have a meeting where they're like, who should we have on our team? This person, this person, this person? Who? what do you think? Let's have a vote. Well, here's the vote. Get ready. Uh, It's time for guard duty!
4: The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth. And defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the guard takes shifts, monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of guard duty. This week, the Earth Guard, in Be Counted.
5: So if you're going to be late for guard duty, just call and let me know. I can work something out with the other members of the guard. You can contact me and I'll let them know as a press secretary.
6: What are you going to do? Alert the media?
5: Just contact me. One final announcement. Whoever's been using the BrainFrame's database during emergencies has been tying up valuable computer resources. I don't know who it is, and I'm not asking for anyone to come forward. But with the BrainFrame in need of repairs, we can't really- I am in
0: need of repairs.
5: get to it, for heaven's sake. We just need it to stop. Feel free to scan the villain archives when you're on guard duty. But when we're on the job, we need the brain frame firing on as many cylinders as it can muster. Whoever it is, just make sure it doesn't happen again. All right, now, unless someone has any other business, we can go on to voting on- Actually,
7: I have something to say.
8: Oh, great. Some of us have homes to get to, you
7: know.
9: I think this is serious.
7: I'm sorry. I won't be long. First, I'd like to thank- to thank all of you for your support. I know you've all spoken on my behalf to the police, saying Gas Mask's death was not my fault. I appreciate all your efforts, and I'm likely to not face any charges. However, I think it's best if I take a leave of absence from the guard.
9: Captain! What why would you what? say that? What happened? I mean... I'm what?
7: sorry, but I have to. I've been talking with Argus, and he agrees with me. It's getting to a point where I can't trust my own senses. I see things that aren't there. I hear things people didn't say. I thought Gask Mask was a caterpillar, and... From what I understand, he wasn't. Heck... If I were to trust everything I've seen in the last few days, it would mean Voodoo Lady hates us all, Mr. Fahrenheit's wife left him, Dr. Fast is trying to find a way to hack someone's long-term memory against their will, Stallion's been covering for a misogynist, Broadband's been secretly interfering in the Jack's life, and half of you have been promised sexual favors for votes by one of the applicants, not to mention that I keep seeing Full when she's long dead. I know that these things can't be true, and you have no idea how hard it is to talk... ...with full yelling at me that she's real. There's something really wrong with me. (laughs) I've been saying that for- Ow!
5: You deserved it. Captain, I'd I'd urge you to reconsider. You're you're one of the most powerful members of the guard. What if we come up against the Holy Roman or
7: Suspiria? Losing you would be quite a setback. I've given this a lot of thought, and Argus agrees. I... I'm going to disconnect myself from the world of dreams. I think it's best if I try to live in the real world
9: you go? You said you had no no other identity, no home to go to.
7: Argus said I could stay with him for a while until I'm on my feet.
10: Are you sure that's
7: wise? Argus has been really supportive and I think he's very wise. Once I get my head together, I'll come back to the guard, but for now, I just need some time to myself. No. No, fool! I won't. Stop, please. I'm pulling myself out now. Goodbye, world of dreams. I'll miss you. Ah! Oh, this... this is reality? I show you a disappointment, my young friend. I guess I better get used to it. I'll... I'll keep in touch. I should probably go before the vote. Argus is waiting, and I'm not exactly impartial right now.
9: Are you sure, Captain?
7: I'm sure. As the official press secretary of the Earth Guard, I think I speak for all of us when I say we'll miss you, Howard. Howard, I like it. Be seeing you. So, as we were saying...
9: Can you not spare a moment mourning for the departure of Captain Fantasy?
11: <laughs> How many seconds do you want me to waste on the man? I have experiments to attend to.
8: Hacking someone's memories? He said that wasn't true.
11: You heard him.
5: So does it mean we're going to vote in three new recruits? Because then we only have to bump the two losers. That'll be easy. No. No, I think we should still go with the two best candidates. Captain Fantasy did say he was coming back after all, and we can always add a third down the line if necessary. Speaking of which, we should move on to the discussion on applicants. Now, I'm going to assume everyone read the reports on each of them by the interviewers. I'll open the floor to comments, and we might as well go in order. So, what are our thoughts on... Birthday Boy?
9: If he's a member of the Guard, I'm not. It's that simple.
5: Binary girl, I'm telling you, that was a misunderstanding.
9: What could there have been to misunderstand? He said, women are lower forms of life.
5: What's your interpretation? That we're short? He's a very powerful hero, stronger than any other member of the Guard. He can jump from body to body. He can fly faster. Oh,
9: come
5: on. And now with Captain Fantasy gone, we're going to need everything we can get. Give it up, Stallion. Even I thought he was a jerk. And I mean, he's better than Golden Eel, but...
12: The
13: Golden Heel is a professional. Pure and simple, and exactly what we need in the guard. I'm just thankful she'll even consider us after the nonsense you pulled. If you ask me, she should be our
11: president. Finish that sentence and your unit is slag. Regardless of her extra-heroic title, I agree with Broadband. A little more professionalism would be a breath of fresh air. Now, can we move on? I'd like to keep this under five minutes, if possible.
9: Although, we must bear one more thing in mind. To get the eel to stay in the running, I promised her that should she ever join, we'd never put her on the same shift of guard duty as yon Mr. Fahrenheit. I don't even want to be on the
5: guard with a stuck-up bitch like her. She could suck an egg through a straw as far as I'm concerned. We'll keep that in mind when we vote. Thank you. How about the Argus? Argus Panoptes?
13: Uh, no complaints. That is, I didn't see or hear anything that would make me not want him to serve on the guard with me,
5: if that's what you mean. He was a great help with the gas mask situation up until, well, until gas mask died.
9: He seems like he could be pretty useful. If you consider cowardice
8: useful. It's not cowardice, it's Stealth. You wouldn't understand. You've never gone anywhere not wanting to be seen. Why ever would I not want to be seen?
9: You no,
11: know, I could have just run through the bank faster than the speed of light. <laughs> I could have disarmed gas mask thugs at the same time.
9: But can you make yourself look like someone else?
11: Well, I could get a degree in plastic surgery, reconstruct my features to look like someone else, and heal at an accelerated pace. It might take a few hours or I could build a hologram machine. Give me a minute.
8: Speaking of which, I like Dr. Rock
11: Absolutely not The man is a traitor to the entire human race So you said
5: in your report
11: You mean the phone book he turned in? Yeah, I skimmed it to help fall asleep The man is an abortion of science A fetid cesspool Rancid with complacency And devoted to the propagation of ignorance That
8: was the title of chapter 3 of your screed, wasn't it? I'll make it this simple Vote him
11: in and I will dedicate my life To destroying the Earth Guard and everything it stands for
8: Okay Speaking of professionalism
10: I guess if you feel that strongly about it
8: (sighs) Fine He was sort of a loser geek anyway True Which leaves
5: Bumblebee I like her
8: Me too So do we I And I as well Agreed Um Am I missing something? She shrinks She flies She shoots What's the big deal? I haven't the faintest idea great. I'm on your side. Maybe they are onto something. Her powers sound like they could be very useful in a fight. Whatever you say. I mean, you guys interviewed her.
5: All right. Well, if that's everyone's opinion on the matter, we'll vote. We'll do one vote for each candidate, a simple in-or-out vote taken by a show of hands. The two who receive the most in-votes will be members of the Guard. That means you can vote yes for as many of them as you think deserve to get in. Understood? Good. All right, we'll begin. Birthday boy? Okay. The golden eel? Mm-hmm. Argus Panoptes? All right. Dr. Rock? And Bumblebee? Thank you all very much. We've got our clear winners. Mr. Fahrenheit, you'll arrange a press conference. I'll inform the new guard members. Will do, Cappy. Guard dismissed.
4: Jordan D. White, with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator, Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast, Rich Bellin as The Stallion, Derek McNish as Broadband, Angela Timon as Pease Blossom, Elijah Weberham as Mr. Fahrenheit, Devin White as Voodoo Lady, Nicholas Roach as as Captain Fantasy. Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl. With theme song by Michael D. Mikowski.
0: That was a thrilling episode. So now, of course, you all know who's on the team, right?
1: I know who's on the team. I also know who's on the team. Uh, yes, I do as well. I have already heard the next episode.
0: Why not? yes. I mean, yes. You've already heard the next episode, too. But I meant because since you you all have hearing, you must have heard how many f- hands went up, right?
1: I did. I used my super robot hearing to hear how many hands went up. I also heard how many hands went up, though I do not have super robot hearing, being a human as I am. I merely heard the next episode. And that-
0: I have cat hearing and also Dad told me who wins. So, I know too. But for those of you who don't know, <laughs> you have to listen to the next one.
1: Sorry.
0: I know, but i know.
1: It's very good that you mock everyone like that. The listeners will recognize that you are superior to them, and continue to listen so that some of your goodness will rub off on them. Of course they will, yes, that is true.
0: I know. You guys don't have to tell me.
1: Then we will not tell you.
0: Well, no, you can tell me, otherwise I would just be talking to myself the whole time. So, uh, but, okay, time for the next part of the show, which is... Mr. What is Sinjin's part of the show? What is
1: Yes, it is time for this day in history, and the follow-up, where are they now in history? As today is June 1st, this will deal with events in the past on June 1st.
0: Oh, sounds very interesting. Let's visit to it. Yes, let's.
1: Hello, my name is Rory St. John. This is WHRW Binghamton. You're listening to This Day in History. On June 1st, 1968, Helen Keller dies in Westport, Connecticut at the age of 87. Blind and deaf from infancy, Keller circumvented her disabilities to become a world-renowned writer and lecturer.
13: Hey, a dead old blind woman. Let's steal her identity.
12: Not just a dead old blind woman, Jack. This is world-renowned something-or-other Helen Keller. We can cash in big here.
13: If we are Helen Keller, we can have jokes made about us for years and years to come. Not not us, Jack. You.
12: You're going to be Helen Keller. I? I'm just going to reap in the millions.
13: Jack can be Helen Keller, and you, Ralph, my somewhat good friend, has lots of money which you can share possibly with me? Manager. Manager. So uh, you get 10%. Right, Ralph. Right. While I'm Helen Keller, I have to be blind. And you know, and I've been de- looking
12: at this again, and I think we really need a woman to play this part. I,
13: I can pretend to be a woman.
9: Listen, oh, you guys hello, are I'm such a woman. Idiots. I'm a woman. Look Fuck. at me, the woman.
12: Just because we thought of the
13: idea before you, don't hate. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I can be a woman.
9: This is just pure logic. You don't look like a woman at all. I should have her identity. If I'm
13: blind, they can't see. I don't look like a woman.
9: No, you can't see. You don't look like a woman. They can.
13: Her crazy psycho babble's making sense, Jack. You might want to read. Think this. What we should do to make sure this can't happen again, we should shred all of Helen Keller's documents.
12: No, no, let us take care of the documents and, uh... (laughs) The
13: the, the handwriting on these documents is totally illegible. Maybe she was blind. I'm beginning to agree with our female friend here. I think you are an idiot, Jack.
1: Unfortunately, uh, Jack and Ralph did not learn their lesson and did not shred important documents with their personal information on it, and their identities were both stolen by each other shortly thereafter. Make sure that you destroy any documents with your personal information on it. To prevent identity theft, be you Helen Keller or not. This is this day in history on WHRW BAIT. But there's still a shred more information. My name's Roy St. and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And I bring you now the further adventures of Jack and Ralph. As I said, both criminals did not shred their personal documents when they threw them away, and therefore both criminals found each other's identities and decided to steal them. Ralph found Jack's identity, signed himself up for many, many credit cards, and decided to buy everything he ever wanted under Jack's name, therefore getting everything he wanted for not having to pay for. Jack, on the other hand, stole Ralph's identity, signed himself up for many credit cards, and said, well, since I'm being Ralph, I'll buy all the things that Ralph has always ever wanted. And when they finally met each other later that day, they both had exact duplicates of everything Ralph ever wanted. Ralph, of course, was very happy, except that he had a little too much of what he wanted. Unfortunately, the credit card companies did catch on to the fact that there were thousands of dollars of exactly identical purchases going on, and they realized it must be some sort of identity theft scam. Therefore, they arrested both gentlemen, they went to jail, and while in jail, they repeatedly stole each other's prison numbers. Just make sure you shred the documents with your personal information on, so that no one can steal your identity. My name is Roy Singen and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Oh,
0: stealing someone's identity. That is such a foreign concept to me. I can't even imagine that someone could have someone pretending to be someone they aren't. That seems very dishonest,
1: you know? <laughs> that is very dishonest. It would be terrible if that were to ever happen. Absolutely terrible, yes.
0: Oh, well, thankfully, it's never happened to me, because if someone pretended to be me, that would be, like... Can you imagine if somebody was, like, oh, I'm scapey, I guess they'd have to wear, like, like a little cat costume, which would be weird.
1: That would be very weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, well. Anyway, uh, okay, let's keep going, let's keep going, because I'm sure we have a lot of stuff to do. Um... What's next? Oh, Frank Allen! It is time for your section of the show.
1: That is correct. It is time for my section of the show. This week, my section of the show is Tract or Fiction. That is a show about a religious tract and then a comedy debate, all based on the works of Jack Chick.
0: Yes, yes, that is the one. That is the one. Um, well, why don't we get right into it? What do you think? Could you think that's a good idea?
1: I do think that's a good idea.
0: Well, then, then here we go.
2: Good evening, everybody. This is Frank Allen here on WHRW Binghamton. Uh, this is a part of our show we like to call Tract or Fiction, uh, where we look at a cha- uh, uh, we look at a tract, a religious tract by Jack Chick, uh, and then we discuss it. Uh, we have a debate about it and uh, decide whether or not it's true or full of malarkey. This tract is actually the most recent tract Jack has made. It just came out just like a week or two ago on his website, uh, which is chick.com. In case you're wondering. And uh, it's called The Dirty Diamond. And it's very... Well, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You can judge for yourself.
14: Here you go. Once upon a time, in a neighborhood just like the one you live in, a mailman was attempting to deliver some mail. She was pounding on Mr. Peterson's door, but was receiving no answer.
9: Hey, Charlie, are you in there? I've got your mail. I wonder if he's okay. It's been two days. Hey, have you seen Mr. Peterson? He always waits for me. I'm kind of worried about him.
13: We'll go check on him. Hmm, the door's unlocked. Mr. Peterson? Hello? Are you there? I'll check the backyard. Dad, I found him in back!
10: I think he's dead!
13: He's still alive, son! Call an ambulance!
10: Okay, Dad!
14: The EMTs came quickly and rushed Mr. Peterson to the hospital.
10: He's got two broken legs, but in about three months, he should be in good shape. Thank God you
14: found him. And about three months later...
6: I'm in good shape. Well, thank God you found me. I, I wouldn't be here if not for you folks. We're glad to help you. I bought you this cake from the store, Mr. Peterson. Oh, sorry, I'm really touched by your kindness. And to show my appreciation, there's something I wanted to give you. Wait, wait. Um, I'll be right back. I, I forgot where I put. Oh, here it is. Now it's been in my family for years. And there's a story behind it that I want to share with you. Share, yeah. My great grandfather Jedediah was an engineer in South Africa. He was searching for diamonds. Now his son Randolph, now, he worked with him. He did. Now one day they were in old abandoned mine, and each was in a different mine shaft. The son saw something in the wall. Now he called his father to come join him, and he started digging out when an earthquake hit. Whoa! So they. There was a cave in then, and um, uh, by the time Grandpa Jedediah got there, Randolph was caught under a huge pile of what you call it dirt and debris, and he was trying to claw his way out. So um, Randolph's hand broke through, and then it stopped moving. So Jedediah did his best to dig him out, but it was too late. So in his hand was a large uncut um diamond, but. What was it worth compared to the life of his only son? Hmm. So, Grandpa Jedediah kept the stone uncut to remind him of his son, which was uh, a tragedy he never got over. So, he made a strange request that his family never, ever, ever appraised the cut of that diamond. His request was honored, and by the time I got it, it looked dirty and worthless. So, just as I left the hospital, they told me I have inoperable cancer? Now, since I have no kinfolk, no friends except you, I'd like you to have it. I ask only one thing. Pay my doctor. Uh, He's a good man. The rest is yours. Wow. Take it home and discuss it with
10: your wife.
14: The man did just that, but his wife was not very impressed by Mr. Peterson's tale.
10: I smell a rat. What a stupid story. But he's a nice old guy. Shut up, Junior.
13: Honey, he's dying.
10: Everybody dies, George. That's the ugliest so-called diamond I've ever seen. It's only glass, you moron. Take it back this instant. Gee, Mom.
13: But honey, it'll hurt his feelings.
10: I don't care. We're not spending our hard-earned money to appraise his junk. Tell him thanks, but no thanks.
14: Yes, dear. Right away, dear. The unwanted gift was returned, and shortly after, Mr. Peterson died. So who got the dirty diamond? Six months later, a smartly dressed man was seen on what was once Mr. Peterson's lawn.
10: "'Good
12: morning!'
10: "'What are you doing over there? Old Man Peterson's dead!'
12: "'Yes, we know. When he died, he had no will, so the state took possession of his property.'
10: "'You got a bum deal. What's that old run-down dump worth? Bet it ain't much.'
12: "'Oh, on the contrary, madam. Going through his things, we found an uncut stone!'
10: "'That dirty diamond he almost dumped on us? We turned it down. We're no fools!'
12: "'Oh, that was a bad decision. We were amazed at its value!'
10: You're kidding. What was it worth?
12: Just over four million
14: dollars. Good heavens, she's fainted. Mom!
10: Mom, wake up!
14: An hour later, the woman was able to recover consciousness, if not her dignity.
10: Four million dollars. Four million. Lost. Gone. It was in our hands, and now it's gone forever? I'll regret this the rest of my life.
13: Oh, honey, we'll get over it.
10: Maybe you'll forget.
13: You've been through a very
12: difficult time, but I can see you could lose out on something far more valuable.
10: More than four million?
12: Look, I'm a lawyer, and I work with wills all the time. You haven't lost out yet.
10: Tell me more.
12: I know of a will I can help you claim. It's worth a lot more than that dirty diamond.
10: It sounds great, but how much is it going to cost?
12: For you, madam, not a thing.
10: All right, we're in. Talk to me.
12: God prepared a gift for you. What?
10: God? Are you nuts?
13: Shut up, Liz. Don't ruin this for us. If you're not careful, you'll
12: lose out on this, too. God made out a will. If you're in it, you'll have eternal life in heaven and forgiveness for all of your sins.
10: If it involves a will, doesn't somebody have to die first?
12: Yes. God died. Didn't you know that?
10: God died? Are you crazy? When?
12: When Jesus came from heaven to become a man. We had God with us. The creator took the form of flesh. Sin was the reason Jesus came. Because sin was destroying mankind. Only God Almighty could get rid of that filthy stuff. Do you know what it cost him? Everything! Jesus was sacrificed for our sins. Only God's blood could wash them away. This was the gift of God. Jesus died putting that will into effect. Then he rose from the dead and return to heaven whoever believes and receives jesus has a part in his will they'll get everything jesus promised those that don't have all their sins revealed on judgment day your life will be played back in a giant magical jumbotron jesus will know why god won't allow you into heaven
10: porcupine
9: zygotes
12: god will say to you
9: depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels my child
12: And you will be in the lake of fire forever, unless, unless you take his love, gift.
10: I want it! I want God's gift! I want to be in his will!
14: Then let's get it settled. On our knees! This family lost out on the Dirty Diamond, but they received the greatest treasure of all. All right, and that was the Dirty Diamond, uh, the most recent tract
2: done by Jack Chick. Uh, very enlightening stuff. Now we have a debate, uh, as always, uh, debating whether or not this is true, and we've got these expert debaters who've been studying for weeks, as we always say. Debater number one, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello. Hi there, who am I speaking
9: to? My name is Sarah Bergman, and I am the regional director for Heathens Anonymous.
2: Heathens Anonymous. Okay, alright. Um, and debater number two.
13: Hey, uh, I'm here with, uh, For God Anonymous. For
2: God Anonymous? For God Anonymous. Is it the number four or the word F-O-R? Word F-O-R. Okay. Uh, Now.
9: Word F-O-R.
2: As I'm sure everybody knows, uh, the young woman from Heathens Anonymous uh, says this tract is 100% true, (laughs) and the gentleman from For God Anonymous believes this tract is false, and I'm sure that that was uh, pretty explanatory. Um, Self-explanatory is what I meant to say, not explanatory, because explanatory means I'm explaining it, which I am doing. So... Let's see. Gentlemen, oh, you know what? Uh, I just realized, what's your name, sir? You-, you told us what you were from, but you didn't tell us your name.
13: Uh, I'm Jack.
2: Jack, okay. Uh, Jack, you do get to start us off by telling us why this tract is completely false.
13: Oh, that's excellent. It's very clear. Um, Well, you see, the diamond comes from Africa. Yes. And we all know that this entire tract was just a blatant attempt to uh, put a price on getting into heaven. And you and I both know that that's completely false. I'm I'm
2: sorry, I don't understand. What do you mean putting a price on getting into heaven?
13: Well, the entire thing was about material wealth. A person shouldn't want to go to heaven because they want money. So you're... I'm sorry, go ahead. They should want to go to heaven because they love God. So you're saying that uh, the
2: tract, it it, it should be literally interpreted to mean that getting into heaven is worth roughly $4 million.
13: Only when a lawyer says it.
2: All right. All right. Well, that's a, that's a pretty serious claim. What do you think? Um, I'm sorry, what's your name, Claire? Sarah. Sarah. I was so far off. You were. Sarah.
9: That's all right, my son. Uh, I, I think that this young man, Jack, is very unenlightened. Uh, Jack Chick? No, oh, this no, young this man, Jack. Jack, who's debating me. Oh, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Um, this entire tract was not necessarily about materialism. It's that the woman was originally very materialistic, but did not know about God and his decree. And when she found out about going to heaven, she was obviously much more interested in that than the diamond. And so it's really about enlightening people and making them want to go to heaven.
2: Interesting argument. All right. Um, well, here's my question about that uh, for you, Sarah. Um, if you're saying, okay, so basically the lawyer comes in and says, oh, you're upset about $4 million. Well, here's something valuable, heaven. And she goes, oh my God, you're right. So basically he uses her greed... To get her into heaven, right? I mean, he, he uses greed to get her interested in Jesus.
9: No, because it's not about monetary value. He says this is more valuable, but he doesn't say it's worth more money.
2: Well, he does say it's worth more.
9: More money? He doesn't say well, money. Well, he says
2: worth more. It's worth
9: more well, to Well, presumably
2: you. it's worth more than money. So if she's greedy, she'll be greedy for that even more, right?
9: Perhaps. What do you think, But Jack? In, in either what? case, she she learns to accept God.
2: What do you think, Jack?
13: I think that it's very clear Uh, in this tract... That we were looking at a classic example of, um, lawyers using money to try and get people to believe in God. I have with me an expert lawyer on lawyers who can tell us that this is completely true. Well, uh, if you would please come in.
2: Welcome, expert on lawyers. Yes. Hi, uh, now are you, wow, are you the lawyer from the tract? Yes. What a coincidence. And you're here to help the person who says this tract is not true.
12: Yes, it's blatant misrepresentation of what actually happened. What
2: actually happened? There was no diamond...
12: It was just a worthless stone, but we all agreed that we hated the old woman, so we wanted to make her feel
2: bad. Oh, it was all like a, she was like, ah, uh, yes, uh, Christian punked.
12: Actually, the lawyers' guild made up Christianity one night too. Oh, it's a great scam. Oh, young so this men, is all, oh, young yeah.
9: men. I think you may be interested in my organization.
2: <laughs> I own your organization. What is your organization? Tell us about
9: Heathens Anonymous. What, like,
2: what is that? What does it mean?
9: Heathens come and we save them
2: without telling you their names.
9: Right, they're anonymous.
2: So what if they don't really give you their real soul? You'd, if you don't check their IDs, you might uh, not know. They
9: don't give us their souls. Interesting. They, I don't collect souls. Well, that's
2: probably. I you. do. I'm
9: not a demon.
2: Oh well, that's for the best. Um. All right. So wait. So then. Okay. So that's heathens anonymous. So they come to you and then what? And what do you do and for them? And we save them. How?
9: Through confession and through prayer.
2: You confess things to them?
9: They confess things to us. That
2: makes more sense. All right, so then what's your organization, then?
13: Uh, my organization is um, Christians Anonymous, I believe. Sure. Excellent.
9: <laughs> I, I think you said For God Anonymous. Oh,
13: right, For God Anonymous. We don't believe in any of these labels. We believe in uh, loving the Lord as we should, not for want of material things or threats of being uh, sent to a pit. We believe in loving God.
2: So are you, like, also a client? So that mean you used to believe in... No, wait, I'm confused. People come to you who are for God? Yes. And then you do what for them? We make them love God even more. <laughs> well, then what? Why do they need to be anonymous, then? If you're going, that's good, but not quite good enough. You know what? Yeah. I think I'm going to talk to the president about that. That's probably for the best. All right. Oh, yeah, We got an expert here, though. Uh,
6: yes. Uh, my name is Charlie.
2: Oh, it's Charlie Peterson Senior. from the tra- Oh, Charlie Peter, you're his father.
6: <laughs> yes. Oh. I'm ex- I'm 122 years old. You're not. If I'm a day.
2: You're not dead. Wow.
6: Tragically, no. <laughs> I wish I was dead every day, but since I have to be alive,
2: now wait. Now questions
6: I'm... come into my head sometimes. Like what? Well. One thing I've learned in my many years of stalking the earth is never trust a lawyer. Oh, I'm skeptical of whatever side that lawyer was on in the track.
2: Hey. But here's the problem: on, he, on the, in the track, he was on one side, and here in the debate, he's on the other oh, side.
6: Why, why, law man, law talking man? What were they doing? What the hell were you doing in the track? What did you want from that woman? Like, she could have paid you, and you did something for free. Only bad people do things for free. That's what I've learned from being on the Earth for 122
2: years. Mr. Peterson Sr., um, I, yes, I, I have a question, actually. Yes, sir. If you're still alive, why did your son leave his family heirlooms to strangers?
6: Because my son hates me. That's <laughs> why.
2: Oh, is he jealous of I your... was
6: an abusive daddy, you see. Oh, I'm, but, that's um, probably not good. That's not good. Why, why was he in Africa in the first place? No,
2: he wasn't. there you're, you're, was like your grandfather, I think, or his grandfather, or something like that.
6: Okay.
2: You're getting a little confused, I, but you are pretty old, so I can understand that.
6: Yeah, yes, yeah, so do- This These debates are confusion because people throw in all these new facts, and I have so many facts already, and an old fact's got to go away every time a new fact goes in. My other question, though, has to do with the anonymous one, the heathens anonymous. Okay. It's kind of like the full whatever anonymous thing that that guy over there was For God. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that
2: guy. They do sort of sound the same, don't they?
6: So, what does the heathen have to do to be anonymous? See, I'd be anonymous because I'd be afraid Jack Chip were going to ride a track I'm about so, me. I'm sorry,
9: sir. But we sir? already
2: gave your name, sir, Charlie do Peterson. Sir, do
9: you not ever remember coming to our building?
6: I don't remember a lot of things. I've got to be honest Frank, I
9: have to explain to you that yeah. uh, Mr. Peterson Sr. here has yeah. actually been to several of our meetings and never seems to learn the word anonymous and what it means.
2: Which is why he tells us his name.
9: We are... <laughs> Exactly. We're, we're slightly afraid that he may be possessed by a demon, which is why he has not yet died.
2: Um, well...
6: I'm going to go to a doctor and ask about that. Okay. Doctor, am I possessed by a demon? Wait, no,
2: There's, you're not at the doctor. No, this is a the radio. There
9: are stuff. no doctors <laughs> no, here, Mr. Peterson. No,
2: That's a lawyer. Don't listen to him.
9: And there are no doctors at our, our center either.
12: You can listen to me. Just sign this contract. Where can I find
6: a doctor?
2: There's no, there's no doctor's... Maybe...
9: Actually... Actually I'm at a doctor's a office. office?
13: You're a doctor? Hold you're on. Doctor? Jack, you're well, a doctor? I'm a doctor of law, but I mean... I'm a doctor, too. A doctor of law I
12: doesn't count doctor,
6: I want me an exorcism right now. Do i $5 for do it. We,
2: well, five dollars. Sweet!
13: No, Did no, I no, mention no. I also have a theology degree?
9: You don't have to pay for exorcisms, Mr. Peterson, Certainly senior. he does How if do he priests wants live to.
2: No, okay. Hold on. There's not going to be an exorcism in here. Mr. Peterson Thank you for your your con- contribution, but the thing is,
9: I'm gonna eat
6: some oatmeal. So yeah, well, good to oatmeal. Wrap it
2: oatmeal. All right, get some oatmeal. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep them on trucking.
6: Oh boy, yeah. All right. It's tasty oatmeal. Good night,
2: everyone. No, hold on, hold on. What we're what? not we're not done yet with the debate, Jack. Yes. All right. We're trying to get this focused back onto the argument. So you believe in all this Jesus stuff, just not in the tract. Right whereas she believes in the Jesus stuff and the tract. Exactly. All right. So then why don't you make your closing arguments and tell me what's wrong with her, her arguments?
13: Well, it's very simple. She thinks that you can put value on things like being saved. But
2: she specifically said nonstop the whole time that she doesn't think that.
13: I am partially deaf. Oh.
2: Well, then continue.
13: Excellent. She thinks that um the devil was in the diamond, and I think that this is simply not true.
2: Interesting, interesting.
13: Instead, I believe that uh the lawyer was incorrect in his trying to trick that poor woman hey. into believing in Jesus, and instead she should have simply said, "Love Jesus because he sacrificed for you," and not mentioned the diamond. So you you object to his ruse. Right. All right. Go ahead, ma'am.
9: I'm going to ignore the fact that this young man has obviously not listened to a word I said tonight. Okay. And tell you in my closing argument that I have met Miss Cleo.
0: And no, 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 she, no, no.
9: Miss Cleo. She in fact, is God.
2: Now hold
1: on. God, a minute. God
9: in the tract was Miss Cleo, was she not?
2: Well, this time.
9: Uh, I'm sorry?
2: Sometimes there's other gods involved.
9: I, sir, I think you should look into my organization.
2: Now I'm not I'm not saying I'm a heat look, that's not the point. We're not debating. You're not saying
9: it, sir. Legally. (laughs) But I'm getting all the heathen vibes from you.
2: Alright, well so your argument basically is That that there is one God. And you've spoken to this God. I've spoken
9: to Miss Cleo the God, and this tract is entirely true.
2: Okay. So God wait, but now you're saying Okay, but let me ask you this. I'm sorry. God doesn't put a price on being saved, but Miss Cleo puts a price on her phone calls.
9: I need to clear something up on the air right now, which What's is that? that all of the money that Miss Cleo takes from her phone calls go to the church.
2: Uh, you know, except for my. I don't believe that that's true.
14: Well, you I should don't read the fine true. print on the commercials. I'm going to have to sorry. look that up.
2: I'm going to have to look you that. I up. wrote the fine print. All right, but I'm going. to I still, I'm not going to take your word for it. All right, but what I'm going to do is take that coinsworth seriously. It. Consider what you both have said and say that. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, Told yeah. you so. Sorry, Mister Forgotten Anonymous. Your your organization seems kinda of foolish. Especially the fact that it's for God and then anonymous and then it doesn't make
13: any sense. Oh, you're so getting sued. I'm sorry. Can you put the coin right. on my exorcism?
2: No, no, no exorcism necessary because we just found out that you have to believe in God and there's a monitor I don't know what of anything about money. We have not learned anything on this all tractor fiction right, well, tonight.
9: Now I learned about porcupine we'll zygotes. Nice. Love, sorry. it's it's been lovely but I have a Satanics Anonymous meeting to go to. You're
2: going Oh goodness gracious mate. Wait for me. Thank you all for listening to Tractor Fiction tonight. This is Jack. Chow. I keep saying I'm Jack Chick and I'm not. <laughs> huh golly. This is Frank Allen. Goodbye.
1: That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Guinevere Eckert, Ryan Laranger, Lynn Nelson, Samuel Thomason, Jacob Thompson, Elijah Weberhan, and Jordan D. White.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Harsons, and um, okay. Uh, well, guess what? I know you've all been, like, bubbling with expectations and excitements, because this is now the time when we finally get to the amazing Scapy story. I know that last week there was no Scapy story, okay? And anyway, probably everybody was at home going, like, what is all this about? There's no Scapy story in this episode. Uh, it's, like, half the reason to listen gone. Or maybe, like, three quarters. I don't even know, but... It, it, I don't... Don't know if I want to listen, you might have found yourself saying. Well, thankfully, this time, it's back, and um, it's a, it's a good one, because I tell it, and whenever I tell the Scopey story, I always tell the Scopey story, let's be honest, but it's always good. So, I hope you're ready for some intense goodness, <laughs> because here it is. Scopey stories.
1: From a cat in the dark.
0: Hello, and welcome to Scapey Stories, where my name is Scapey, and I will tell you a very scary story, okay? (laughs) Today, my special guest on the show, listening to my podcast, is Mr. Frank Allen. Thank you for being there, Mr. Frank Allen.
2: Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to be here.
0: No, no, it is really my pleasure to have you on my part of the show.
2: No,
1: it is my pleasure. I am the one who has all the pleasure.
0: All right, okay. I will, I will allow you the pleasure of the of thing.
2: Thank you very much, Kate.
0: You're me. welcome. You're welcome. Let's get right to it. This is going to be a very scary story. I hope you're ready. I am ready. Good, good, good. All right, here we go. This one's called The King's Messenger by F. Marion Crawford. Okay, so like once upon a time, I went to dinner at a dinner party, and there was like a table with chairs for people for sitting to eat the dinner, and all around the dinner table was pictures on the wall, like a whole bunch, and actually, uh, I should mention, there was a picture of me, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm, that looks pretty good, Uh, I don't remember somebody painting it, but whatever, maybe this guy just painted for memory, doesn't matter, point is, a uh, picture of me, okay, pretty cool.
1: A picture of you would be pretty cool, Scapey. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, we yeah, all sit down for dinner. So, I sit, and um, on my one side of me was, like, a really beautiful girl. She was, like, really beautiful. I was like, whoa. <laughs> she looked familiar, and I was like, I, I know I know this girl. I forget what her name is, but she is pretty. Wow. On the other side, uh there was nobody at all. Well, well I mean... I mean, there was nobody right next to me, but on the other side of that, there was someone already, whatever. But, I mean, right next to me was not anybody. And so I was like, okay, it's time for dinner, and then nobody on one side, beautiful girl on the other side, okay, good, good. And I glanced around, and I went, wait, well, how many people are there here? Hmm. And I realized, oh, there's 12 people there right now, and then plus, there's one person missing next to me. Huh. So you know what that is?
1: That would be 13 people.
0: Yeah, that would be, f- what? yeah, one step. I gets her, that'll be 14, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, 14 at the table, ho ho ho, what about that? And so I was like, well, I want to say something to this pretty girl. But I don't know what else I could say. So I guess I'll say that. And all of a sudden, I remembered her name was Yorna. So I was like, hey, Yorna. Um, hey, I uh, hope you're not superstitious. Afraid of, you know, scary things like ghosts and stuff and spooky things. And she was like, uh, why? And I was like, well, because when this guy gets here, 13 at the table, hmm. And she was like, but there's only 12. And he was, I was like, yeah, but when this empty seat, when somebody gets here. she's like, oh, he doesn't count it doesn't count. Did you just get here just before dinner? And I was like, yeah, I just showed up, um, but I'm really lucky because I get to sit next to you. It seems like it's been so long since I've seen you rest. And she was like, yeah, it's been like a lifetime. And I was like, wow, dude, <laughs> wait in minute, a lifetime. When you are, uh, like 30 years old, you won't be like, oh, it's, uh, my life is behind me. And she was like, I'm never going to be 30 years old. So, hm. Also, uh, your life is not just like measured in like years. It's measured in other things, too, so... It
1: is also measured in months and days and hours and minutes and seconds.
0: Yeah, for example. Yeah, that. But, she, but I don't even think that's what she meant. I think she was, like, meant, you know, like, the things you live through, you know? Because then she was like, yeah, look, I see this picture of you up on the wall, and you've got to be, like, 20 years younger or something. But you're probably, like, the same, person, you know, just a little bit better, because you're older. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. You're proud of me. Thank you. And, I mean, you're changed since I saw you, because you seem, you kind of seem sadder, I've got to say. And she was like, really, you think so? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, you know. And I was like, yeah, but you laughed a little bit ago, so maybe not. And she was like, well, did I laugh? Well, whatever. You know, I guess you laugh at the end of the play, right? And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, at the end of the play, you something, and I was like, okay, uh, weird. I don't know why you're saying the end of a play, because it's not a play.
2: It is not a
1: play. It is a scary story.
0: Yeah, and it's not the end of the scary story, so it's not, I don't know, I didn't, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about.
1: I do not know what she's talking about.
0: No, no, but she's not done. So she was like, oh, dude, okay, I'll tell you a secret, but you gotta promise never to tell anybody at all. And I was like, okay, I wouldn't tell?"
1: But you are breaking that promise. What? What do you mean? You are telling the story, so you are breaking your promise, Star.
0: Uh, okay. well, yeah, but it's just, it's really just a story, robot. I mean, Frank, Aaron, Frank, Aaron, it's just a story, so I'm allowed to just tell because it's not real, but pretend it's real. For the sake of scary.
1: I shall pretend.
0: So I was like, I promise. Okay, I promise. I won't tell. And she's like, okay. Uh, here's what it is. She leaned in close. She was like, uh, listen, that dude who's going to sit next to you, okay, I am leaving with him tonight. I'm going to, when the night is over, I'm going to go off with him and never come back. And I was like, dude, what? That's, be careful, are you sure? And she was like, I've thought about it. It's, yeah. And I was like, what about your parents? She was like, I don't care. See, they wouldn't want me to, but they don't know, so forget it. And I was like, wow. And I was thinking about what I should say next, but all of a sudden she like looked up and I was like, oh, what? And I turned and uh, the guy that we were talking about walked in right then. And she was like, she looked up and she was like, oh, pale. And she was like, oh, no. No, she wasn't like, oh, no, but she kind of looked like, oh, no, I guess. This guy, this guy came in. He was really quiet. He just kind of went, came right in. He didn't make a big fuss. He was like... I'm sorry, I was late, there was a funeral that detained me, so I missed the train, but here I am, and he sat down. Um, And I saw him look at her, and I saw her look at him, and there was like a bit of a, yeah, they saw him, they know each other. Well, the, the old lady on the other side of him was like, oh, and she moved over, she didn't want to be too close to him, but, but I felt bad because I was like, oh... I'm sure she wants to be next to him, not me, but whatever. I can't change
1: places. I don't want to give away a secret. But you are giving away the secret.
0: Well, yeah, but like I said, in the story, I'm not giving away the secret. Here I am giving away the secret.
1: What story? This is real. No,
0: I said pretend it's real, but no. Listen, you have to pretend it's real to fear it. But you have to always know that it's not real at the same time. Okay? Processing. Okay, well, you process. But, uh, okay, so this guy. Let me tell you about this guy. I mean, he was he was handsome, and I could see how some women would be, like, falling in love with him. But also, he was kind of scary. I, like, you, you could just see him, and he just looks scary. I mean, he was interesting, but he he was scary-looking, so I was kind of like, whoa. I thought he was scary, to me. He was kind of dark, and he was kind of pale, and just, he was tall and thin, and when he sat down, he was like, oh, he commands a presence, you know, like that.
1: I do not like that.
0: Good. So, everybody at the table seemed like they knew him, but nobody said his name, so I didn't, I was like, oh, I don't know his name, because, you know what I mean, like, they're like, they're talking, but they're, they're... Say his name, so I was like, Oh huh. The host, they were because they would just chat. The host was like, Oh, we thought maybe you weren't gonna come and the guy was like, Have I ever not shown up when I'm supposed to show up ever, really? And the host was like, Well no, you always do show up, always And the pretty girl, Miss Rona, was like, So what do you think of him? And I was like, uh, he's a little scary. And she was like, well, I thought so, too. But now I love him. I mean, you always are kind of scared of him at first. But you get to know him and, you, you know, you will start to see how gentle he is. Some people are like, he's evil and he's trying to, you know, ruin everything and he's cruel and cold and sadistic and just to- totally awful and bad all around, bad, bad, and terrible things. And, uh, but that's not true, because he can be gentle and soothing and just, you know, so good. So, you, you see, she said, you see, you get, when you get to know him better, you understand. And I was like, if think I will get to know him? And she was like, yeah, 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 totally, totally. Like, over time, you'll get to know him. You understand. And then he he looked over at her, and and she went, and she made, like, a little, a little signal with her mouth, like a, like a, little soundless, like, uh, or whatever. I can't can't do it, but she did it. Like a little show of love, you know? And I'll tell you, I would have been jealous, but the thing is, she was just so, so beautiful, and so young, and so happy about it, or whatever, and and he was so man-made, and I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, that's their the thing, they're in love, whatever. And so he, and he, he clearly noticed her signal and he went and he spoke kind of across me. He was like, oh, you remembered. I got your, your note this morning. And she was like, of course. I hope it's not going to be going to be hard. Not that it would make any difference. And and he was like, Oh it's it's gonna be really easy, don't worry about it. It's gonna be totally, totally easy. And she he was like, I trust you, I trust you. And so uh, then they stopped because it was kind of awkward because they were talking about secrets and I was right in the middle. <laughs> they were like, Okay. <laughs> anyway And so I was like, Oh, so uh you missed the train, dude. Uh uh the road is pretty nice there, so you must have drove, right? So the road is pretty nice. He was like I Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I, I literally flew here. Just literally flew. Do you know what I'm saying? I flew. And he said to me, I hope you're not superstitious about f- 13 at the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't believe in that. I'm not superstitious because 13, so what? <laughs> no big. Also, uh, I don't believe in death. And this really surprised him. He was like, "Ah, uh, really? You don't believe in death? And I was like, no, because you don't kill a book when you when you translate it. And he was like, what? And I, and I was like, well, let me explain what translate is, because you probably don't understand the word. It means when you have something in one language, like English, like we're talking right now, okay, and then you want to put it into, like, French for somebody in French land, then you you translate it, okay? And he was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, That's what death is like. You're you're translating a person to French land kind of. You're translating the life into another language. And he was like, Well, I never thought of it that way before. Hmm, okay, maybe. But, uh, are you making, are you sure you're not making a pun, a pun joke of some sort? And I was like, no, I would never make a pun about something that is grave. I am totally serious. And everybody was listening to us talk about death. They were all like, oh, this is interesting. And I was like, I'm totally serious. There's no such thing as death. we we'll just, we we'll just go on. we we'll just translate life to a different topic. And the host was like, uh... <laughs> Dude, scapey, uh, you might not want to lecture this guy about what deaf is because he's kind of an expert at translating people into another language, if you know what I mean. And I was thinking... Oh, what does he mean? And maybe, I was kind of like, maybe he means he's like a doctor. And then I was like, well, that would be really jerky, because that means he's like a killer doctor. That's crazy. So then I was like, well, maybe he's a soldier, because soldiers kill people a lot. And so I said, "Uh, does he mean you're a soldier? Are you a, a soldier? You shoot people, kill them? And he goes, no, no, no. I'm just a king's messenger. I don't think I'm dangerous at all. And I was like, oh, king's messenger. Wow, that must be pretty crazy. You're just always going around, doing stuff, going in and out all over the place and he's like yep, yep, yep and I turned I, and I looked for a second at Miss Miss Verda and she was looking at him just so in love with him she was just like oh, 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 whatever you know like she was, she was gazing at him he, he didn't notice but she was just staring at him and I, I remember it very well Because, uh, it was one of the last times I saw her. See, after that night, I never saw her ever again. So I was kind of like, oh, I remember that 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 face she had her. She was like, ah, I'll probably never forget that. So then after that, the guy just kind of kept talking with people. And eventually, uh, he, he like absorbed the whole conversation to him. Uh, the end.
1: The end. Do you mean... That is the end of the story? Yes, that is what I meant. It did not seem like the end of the story.
0: Well, it, it did seem like it because I said the end,
1: so there's the end. Are you sure that's the end of the story? Yeah,
0: I'm sure that's the end of the story, duh! I know the story. I, I heard the story, I told the story. So I know that's the end of the story. The end, okay? And I'm assuming you were scared, so...
1: I was scared, although I could not tell you what I was afraid of. Well,
0: I think it's very obvious. If you use your literary analysis software, I mean, if you, if you, I mean, abilities, like, software is like for computers, but abilities in someone's brain are kind of like software. So if you use your abilities, you will figure it out.
1: You are correct. Having used my literary abilities, I have analyzed it. I see now that the 13th house guest was an allegory for the concept of death.
0: What? No, 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 no. It's, it's about, no. Frank, I, you don't get it. All right, let me tell you the scary moral of this story. Don't have 15 people at your table.
1: Why not? Because
0: it's bad luck.
1: But nothing bad happened to them.
0: Well, uh, I think they were boring, so you have boring conversation.
1: The scary part of that story was a boring conversation. Uh,
0: it mu- look, it must have been. Okay, you're saying that the guy was deaf, but he wasn't. Because he was like, they were talking about deaf. <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. If the guy was deaf, he would have been like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And everybody would have been like, oh, no, it's deaf. Because deaf also, deaf looks like... A skeleton, I heard. Right?
1: Typically, yes.
0: So then this guy did not look like a skeleton, did he? Not as far as I know. Then he wasn't deaf. Look, the point is, that's not what we was scared. They kept saying, oh, a spooky the table.
1: But nothing happened to them.
0: Yeah, nothing interesting. <laughs> okay, yes, this is not as scary of a story as usual, maybe. But what I'm saying, and the guy was like, maybe... Uh, <sighs> The guy was, was, was into the girl, I think. The man, the, character, the narrator, me, I was into the girl. And she already had a boyfriend. So that's, that's unlucky from the 13. Plus if the guy was deaf, how come she was in love with him? And how come she was gonna run off with him? Nobody would do that. That's stupid. So no, there's no allegory. No, no death. No, that's, no. It's about 13 people having dinner and it's not good you have to only have 12 he showed up and he was like there was a funeral Hmm, so that's unlucky, too. So, 12 is okay for dinner. Probably 14 is okay. But 13 is not okay.
1: Isn't that right? That is correct. 13 is not okay.
0: Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. Um, anyway, thank you very much for being here, Frank Allen.
1: You're very welcome, Scapey. Please have me again later.
0: Well, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, I appreciate it. I'm very thankful for listening to Scapey's stories. And also,
1: in two weeks,
0: I'll be back with another story with spookiness. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And, um, I know you are probably all rearing from joy and, you know, kind of wonderment because of the awesomeness of that segment. Right, guys?
1: Yes, awesomeness, wonderment, sheer joy.
0: Well, don't let it overwhelm you because there's going to be a little bit more awesome right now, okay? I have to do the next section, which is... The song that I sing every week, okay? Uh, just making up a song right off top of my head, you know? And I've decided, uh, why not have the song be a retelling of that same story, okay? How crazy is
1: that? That is exceedingly crazy. Almost immeasurably crazy. Yes, it is crazy.
0: No, it's not, it's not, it's not too crazy, guys. But, okay, ready? Here we go. I'm gonna sing. Bada bum ba ba bum bum A went to dinner at a dinner party bum ba-da-da-da-da. And the pretty girl, she sat right by me. But the seat on the other side, do was totally empty. do 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 The girl was like, do I'm kind of sad and stuff, do And she said, do that she had had enough, she was gonna run away with the guy from the empty seat do 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 but then the guy came in do 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 and sat down in the chair And they were looking at each other, and I was like, I'm scared, because he's scary. That guy was scary. The pretty girl said, what do you think of him? And I said, well, I'm kind of scared of him. And she said, you will not be when you get to know him. He said, I hope you're not superstitious. And I was like, right. I said that earlier, but I didn't mention it. And I was like, I'm not superstitious, cause I don't believe in death. But don't, but don't, but don't, but don't, but don't, but don't, don't, don't. And here it's like, what do you mean you don't believe in death? And I was like, it's like a translation. And did I explain what translation meant in case he didn't know? And he was like, I guess you're right. Maybe, possibly, and that's the end of the story, basically.
3: Amazing.
1: Wonderful. Very good.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I think that was a pretty good uh, rendition, if you ask me. And none of this confusion about allegory that he was like, Oh, it's allegory. No, no.
1: I apologize for having mentioned it. No, it's all okay. right. I forgive you. I forgive
0: you. Okay. Uh, time for a new, new part where we read Listener Merrill, okay? And we did get three pieces of Listener Mail this time, so... That is good. Uh, if you want to write into us, please do so. You can write in at castinwax at gmail.com, okay? Um, first one, uh, let's see. Friendgown Robot, do you want to read this one?
1: Yes, I would be happy to. Hey, little cat dude, don't you realize what you're doing with all these robots? You are buying into the government conspiracy. They want us as private citizens to build and test their robots so they won't be responsible for the mistakes and casualties, and you are helping them build a robot army. They want to wipe out the rest of the world but what's worse is, don't you know that robots always develop their own freaky intelligence and try to wipe us out? Haven't you seen 2001 or Battlestar Galactica or any other movie where that happens? It's totally true. Your robots will eventually turn on you and then develop an evil plot to destroy the human race. Don't do it, dude. Save yourself and the rest of us while you can. Jimmy starts.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, let me let me talk to. You. First of all, I have one robot, so. Jordan, robots, okay. Let me ask Jordan, robot. Jordan, robot. Is it true that first of all, that you guys are gonna destroy the world?
1: It is not true. And if it were true, I would not tell you. Then
0: see, there you go. It's not true. So don't worry about it. Second of all, is it a government conspiracy?
1: It is not a government conspiracy.
0: Solved! Problem solved, okay? Jimmy starts. Don't worry about it, okay? You are worrying too many times. Too much, okay? (laughs) Let's go. I think we have another, uh, writer. We got two more? Two more, okay. Um, Dr. Robot, why don't you read this next one?
1: All right, I shall. This one is called, This is Ridiculous. I've heard the difference between cats and dogs before. Namely that a dog thinks, you feed me, you play with me, you pet me, you must be God. Whereas cats think, you feed me, you play with me, you pet me, I must be God. Never has this difference been more clear than after this month's worth of Cast and Wax episodes. Scapey used to be my favorite part of the show, but as of late, without him to fill the unique niche he used to fill in this ragtag team of individuals, he has lost his appeal. Without the others all on equal footing to all fight, it's like watching a pro wrestler punt an infant. Jordan, I'm not sure why it's taking you so long to crawl out of your self-righteous pit of despair, but have you considered medication? The brainchild of Cast and Wax must return. Scapy must be put in his place. His songs were better when he had to try harder to get them into the show. He has become a washed-up, sell-out version of the former artist. Please come back, Jordan, and reset the equilibrium of C.I.W. Jesse. Uh,
0: ah! Yeah. Who, who wrote this rare? Who wrote it?
1: It says someone named Jesse wrote it.
0: Jesse can go suck an egg. This is my podcast. To say that oh I wanna be that's not whatever they said is not so because I am awesome. Okay, and every time when I sing is not so out, it's it's like extra good. So, uh whatever whatever that person said is is wrong. It's better when I'm all oh, the king of everything, because... Okay, well, let's take a poll, shall we? Okay, let's take a little informal poll, okay? Um, hey, Yes? Do you think it is better with you in charge? Why, yes, I do. Okay, good. That's one. Um, Jordan Robot, do you think it is better with me in charge?
1: Why, yes, I do.
0: Okay, that is two. Uh, uh, Frank Allen Robot, do you think it is better with me in charge?
1: Why, yes, I do. Okay,
0: that's three. Uh, uh frank robot do you think it is better with me in charge?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Okay,
0: that's wrong. One hundred percent. Somebody taught me. That's what it means, okay? Is saying yes. So you, Jesse, are one hundred percent wrong. That's also, I think, accurate. So, if you don't like my podcast, you don't have to listen to my podcast, okay? Because I, remember I said Iron F- Pa, it's true, I am ultimate king of the universe. And anybody who doesn't like it, any single
1: person who doesn't like it... What's going on out here? What, what, I'm, nothing, I'm doing, I'm just doing podcasts, okay, podcasts. Can you keep it down? Like, I'm trying to, like, you know, have a life. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What, wait a second, what, what... What are these Cylons doing here? No, I don't see, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Th- right there, that, right there, that's a robot. I am a robot. Yes, get, get out of here, You and that's a robot too. I am not a robot. Yes, you, I know what a robot, look, get, escape, get these things, you're not allowed to bring Cylons into my house, you know how I feel about that show.
0: No, they're not Cylons, so, they're not, they're just
1: robots, it's different. There's no difference, they're the, it's the same thing, get out. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, we shall leave. We are leaving. <sighs> Dad, this is my podcast. You
0: gave it to me. You're not allowed to take it back. That's a the like,
1: realize you've given. No, that's not true. And you're my son. I can tell you whatever I want. I can make you do whatever I want. In fact, you're very small and you can't stop me. I'm going to pick you up and take you away. No, you can't do this,
0: Dad. Leave.
1: Don't No, what are you? I said all the robots had to leave. Get out of here. Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm sorry. I'm not really a robot. It's, it's really me. What? I... Oh. No, I was just... I was doing go-along-to-get-along, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, it's really me. So It's good to have you back, though, Jordan. It's, it's really very good. Well, I, I... I don't know if I... I mean... All right. I'll come back. Where's Frank? Well, I think he's tied up somewhere in the other room. What did you do with Scaping? I locked him in the bedroom. He's he's a cat. You just pick him up and throw him somewhere. You know, he, not a lot he can do about it. I yes, I suppose that's true. But he was in charge of the podcast, you know. So. Yeah, but you guys are people. You can stop him. Well, you put him in charge. You said he was in charge. <sighs> Whatever. So is this pod- or is it over? I mean, is podcast over? Or- well, I believe we had another letter. I heard. Oh, another listener mail. Yes, one more to read. All right. Well, go ahead. And I guess you can go ahead and read it. All right. Um, uh, dear Scape White, and, well, again, a lot of letters are addressed to him because he's been the host of the podcast, as so you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Go on. It is our pleasure to welcome you as a new student for the fall 2009 semester to the prestigious Rock Institute of Rock in London. After careful review of this sample that Professor Rock brought to the admissions committee, it is our feeling that you demonstrate great potential to become a famous rock star. I am sure you are worried about your inability as a feline to leave your house and attend classes. Never fear. The Rock Institute of Rock is internationally renowned and attended, and the institute affords a large percentage of its students the ability to attend classes via satellite. Your professors will elaborate once you are enrolled, but I would like to alert you that it will be an ongoing assignment to debut a new project on your podcast once a month in order to continue the world's exposure to your talent. We are proud to tell you the Institute will be playing your podcast for select classes that might benefit from hearing your songs on it. Please contact our Information Technology Department to inquire about setup of equipment and software and our e-registrar to enroll in remote classes so you will be prepared for the fall semester. All contact information is available on our website at rockinstituteoflondon.edu. Please respond to this Missive by july thirty first, two thousand and nine, in order to confirm your enrollment. Feel free to contact me if you have any questions about your acceptance or enrollment. Congratulations and the best of luck on your rock and roll journey. Thaddeus P. Wawa, Dean of Admissions, Rock Institute of Rock. What? What what is this what is this even talking about? Uh well, when you were not on the show. I guess you weren't listening to it, which explains why you were allowed it to continue. Scape met someone from the Rock Institute of Rock and sort of auditioned for them and, 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 and stuff like that. Well, they want him to become a rock star? That's ridiculous. Oh, uh, well, you never knew. I mean, it could happen. No, it's ridiculous. And I don't know. I, I, it sounds like he's been very bad. I don't know if I should let him. Well, that's, I mean, that's up to you. He's your son, of course. Yes, I know that. Well, whatever. I'm not going to tell him about it yet. We'll see. If he's good, maybe I'll let him go. But maybe not. I mean, if he's been a jerk to you, was he a jerk to you? Uh, Well, a jerk, perhaps. Well, then I I probably shouldn't even... Ah, you never knew. I mean, perhaps it will make him a better person. Well, I'll talk it over with his mother, but I'm not going to tell him about it yet because I don't want to reward him for bad behavior. Well, that makes sense. Anyway, all right. Well, I guess I'm back hosting the podcast now. Um, So next week... I'll be here again. Ah, oh, man. Just don't mention Balsar Galactica, okay? No. I, why? Why would I? I don't even. Maybe, there's no reason. Right. right. You say Frank Allen's tied up in the other room. I I would assume he is. Well, we'll get him in a little bit. So thank you for listening, everybody, and um, see you next time. Yes. Goodbye.
3: before. You snatched me in the face with that swinging glass door. As it cracks, I can't help but relax. I can hear my heart waxing so poetic as I'm tumbling to. And put pressure on my wounds My heart is pounding Just stabbing you by my side Funny how love is born When two strangers collide But alas, now I'm missing my class As you're pulling the glass out of my chest I feel it tingling deep inside What can I do? Faced with such a tough decision You want me? What do you want me? I said, No, I was passed out. I was really passed out. I love you, what's all you want me? What do you want me?